Hi everybody, sorry it's been so long. So today we are going to talk about character development and some other miscellaneous things. So let's get started. Alright, so first things first is appearance because that's usually the first thing that is introduced when a character comes along. Whether they come through a door or somebody spots them across the room and their eyes meet, you're going to describe what they look like. So how do I do this? I try to make characters vary as much as humanly possible. There's only so many different hairstyles out there. I mean, I guess there are a lot, but if you're talking about just basic, they have straight blonde hair, they have curly red hair, they have wavy black hair. They might be wearing it in a different way. They might have it pulled back. They might have it just down and it's just a big curtain that hypnotizes the guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I just try to really make sure that I'm not repeating too many, you know, straight blonde hair, straight black hair, straight red hair. Um, and then also racial background and accents and height and weight, etc., etc. Now, anybody, whether you can see or not, you get a feel for what people look like as far as their body types just by giving them a hug. You don't have to see. Um, so that's how I can relate to those sort of variables. And then as far as what people are wearing, I don't always get nitty-gritty with that unless they're dressing up or their character is really, really obsessed with fashion or something along those lines. A lot of the characters in the Starlet series, as far as the uh, magical characters, they don't really change clothes a whole lot. Their clothing typically will match their light color, if you will. So that's a little spoiler. Now, as far as characters and their habits, people always ask me, do you base characters on yourself? Do you base characters on people you know? The answer is yes and no. I have not based a soul character completely on me or another person. I've named a lot of characters after relatives and people that I know. Um, but they don't replicate that person completely. They might hold a trait or two, or they might just have the name. And they might have something similar about their appearance. And then as far as myself, I might have a trait in there of a character. For instance, the main character, Melanie, in the Starlet series likes to read romance and erotica. So do I. So that's just something little that correlates. But I don't want to base a character completely on a person. I like to have variations in that respect. So that is the essentials of character development. As far as their habits, catchphrases, I don't really get into catchphrases. At least I haven't yet. This is only my first series, so who knows? Maybe in a future book, somebody might have something they say. But that would be something that would be easy to do, because hearing people speak, you catch 
their catchphrases in real life. Some people have them without even realizing it. But I will have things that are really distinct. For instance, Greg, the main guy in the story, as far as the trio of friends, he likes to cook. That's one thing. That's not the only thing. Alana is kind of a uh, lightweight when it comes to drinking, which is kind of funny. Um, but <laughs> so little stuff like that. It's it's not as crazy as people might think. How do you how do you create that that picture? I just have to work a little harder than somebody who can see really well and has a knack for writing. Some people see really well and they don't necessarily have a knack for writing. Or some people are totally blind and write very well. It just depends on the person. But that's the essentials. All right, so now I want to talk about a little something different. This is not related to writing. However, it is related to the blind community and it has resulted in some death. So I just want to put a little message out there. Some of you may have heard of a movie called Bird Box. Now, I have not actually seen the movie myself. All I know is that it is about people blindfolding themselves so they don't have to see something that's so horrific that they wind up killing themselves. That's all I really know about the movie. The other thing that I know is, as a result of this movie, people are challenging themselves to do things blindfolded. Now, if we're talking about mundane things in the house, you know, maybe blindfolding yourself and smelling spices to see if you can tell them apart, that's not that dangerous. It's not at all dangerous, really. But when we're talking about crossing the street, people who are blind cross the street every day. However, without the proper training, that's dangerous, and people have gotten hit by cars. So please, folks, if you really want to try things blindfolded, don't go to the extreme of crossing the street blindfolded without the proper training. As someone who works at a training center... There is training where people can safely cross the street. So it is possible, but you can't just go on a whim and blindfold yourself and cross the street or drive a car. Because we're not driving cars either. That's <laughs> it's just not happening. The most we might be able to do is drive on a controlled track of some sort. We did do that once, actually, with our center, and it was, it was pretty fun. But in reality, the blind accessible cars are still in the works, as well as the self-driving cars. They exist, yes, but they're still in the works as far as technology and legal aspects. So yes, please, if you want to do things blindfolded and just kind of see what it's like, Stick to things that will not hurt yourself or other people. You know, seeing if you can tell the difference between spices or, you know, maybe different textures. Um, stuff like that. That's, that's harmless. But please don't cross the street blindfolded without training. <laughs>
Okay, the time has now come for my book recommendation. Now, the last book that I finished was entitled The Other Side of the Pillow by Zane. I really enjoyed this book. Now, this is not for sensitive ears, guys. It is definitely erotica. It's a great story, and it is a love story. However, the intimate scenes are definitely very detailed. They are very um, crass as far as the words that are used. Not in a bad way. I had no problem, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. So if you don't mind very blunt, very out-there type descriptions of such things, then pick it up. It's on audible.com, and I'm sure it's available in a plethora of other places. So that's my book recommendation for the week, The Other Side of the Pillow by Zane. So speaking of audible.com, The Starlet of Passion is now available and has been since January 24th of this year. So that's really exciting. I was so floored to have that finally come into production and be done. And now I can really, really dive into the next book. I'm doing very well with the sequel. I will release the title publicly very soon, but I want to write some more. And then I will, of course, go about all the stuff you got to do before publishing, editing, etc., etc. But I'm also working still to market The Starlet of Passion, so it is on Audible. And if you have a membership, you can get it for less expensive. Or if you have credits with Audible, you can use credits. So you could feasibly read my book for free, not only on Audible, but on Kindle. It is enrolled in... Um, the Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a Prime membership with Amazon or you have a Kindle Unlimited membership, you can read The Starlet of Passion for free. So check it out. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have enjoyed this long overdue episode of Writing with Four Senses, and I hope you will join me next time. Next time, I'm going to walk you guys through the process of producing your audiobook through ACX.com. This is JL Spears reminding everyone to look past the outer appearance and get to know the person within. Thank you for listening. Take care and God bless. <laughs>